Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't mind us, we're playing through. Here's Froggy and Wacker. Welcome to another edition of the Playing Through Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's Froggy from Elvis Duran on the Morning Show on Twitter. We are at Playthrough Golf. Hit us anytime there. We'd love to see a question or something you want to hear on the podcast, or you want to hit us up personally at uh, Froggy Radio on Twitter and Instagram, and at Brian Wacker One on Twitter and Instagram as well. With Brian Wacker from Golf Digest. If it comes down to golf, Brian knows all about it. So, Brian, what are you uh, making the tournament this weekend? First WGC of the calendar year in the books, and it was really kind of a ass-kicking runaway by Dustin Johnson. I'm going to give you a number here, uh, this courtesy of stats guru Justin Ray uh, over at Golf Channel. Um, players to reach 20 PGA Tour wins before age 35 in the last 50 years. Okay. 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 I'm going to give you the list. Uh, Johnny Miller, okay. Tom Watson, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, and now Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson's the first one to do How it good since Tiger Woods. Is that list? That's unbelievable. Well, I well mean, you know what else I saw yesterday too? Twenty is that- wins is a lot. Of, I mean, that's he's he is on a Hall of Fame oh, track. Yeah. I mean, he's only got one major. Let's which is which is stunning to me. But um, is it one? I thought he had two. He only has one. You're right. Only he only one. has one. He only has. He could have had a second one if they didn't screw him out of it. But he has the one where they oh, wait, wait, where they tried one, to screw him out which, of that which too. Which one did he? <laughs> the one where they said that he grounded that his club and yeah, yeah that, well, was, that was crap. It, look, I that yeah, was the biggest it, load of it, crap. It, it was a bad situation. But I mean, at least he didn't get in the playoff. He didn't help himself with how he handled it. And no, I and get it. Not calling for a rules official. And but even then, they yeah. tried to screw the one that he did. Well, when they tried to tell him that was a, that he did something wrong there too. Well, I mean, the ball moving on the green at Oakmont yeah, a couple just, of years ago. Which, you know what he by the way, I, not to not to give too much away, but we'll have a very interesting story coming up in Golf Digest in our U.S. Open preview issue uh, that will revisit some of what happened. Um. At uh, with that Dustin Johnson ruling a couple of years ago at Oakmont, and uh, some of the fallout from that. Obviously, the U.S. Open and USGA have had some issues uh, in the in recent years, and, and 
for quite a number of years. So um, oh, there were a number of players yeah. that spoke out after that happened yeah, in that, his and, favor. And I don't want to give too much away, but but the, there's some stunning revelations that that come out of that story. So. Anyhow, back to this weekend. Yeah, I tell you what, another Johnson. number real quick I want to get to is that he is in the of the of players in PGA Tour history. Yep, only four percent have won twenty tournaments. That means he's in the ninety sixth percentile of all players who have ever played the game. That's unbelievable. He's pretty good, and he's thirty four years old. He's pretty good. He's on it's look this guy. He's silently actually done this. You really don't realize how many tournaments and how dominant this guy's been in a short amount of time. And here's what I – here's here's uh, to keep the numbers theme going here. Here's what else I love about Dustin. Um, so now this is his fourth win in his last 18 starts uh, worldwide. Right. Um, in addition to those four wins out of those 18 starts, seven more of those were top tens. Right. Okay. Only one of those was a missed cut. This guy doesn't miss cuts. No. He's always – Finishing top 25, top 20, top 10, winning. That's what he does. This is his fourth straight year with multiple victories now. And how about this? Now, look, um, certainly the pressure wasn't on him. He had a big lead on the back nine. Um, yeah, Rory McIlroy. Roy was matching him shot for shot, though. Sure. If you think about it, if he doesn't make those long birdie putts, sure. the tournament's close. Roy made six birdies on the back nine. Six birdies on the back nine and still gets smoked. Right. So um, that – is impressive to me. Now we'll get into Rory in a second, but but Dustin Johnson to me um, is, you know, people always talk about who, who's the best player in the world. Okay, and to me right now, when when you look at it, we're we're not in this era of of that we had with Tiger, right? Where no. where it was one guy and everybody else. Justin Rose is right there. Dustin Johnson, number two in the world, right behind him. Um, Justin Thomas, number three. Brooks Kepka, number four. Bryson DeChambeau, number five. To me, any one of those guys can look like the best player in the world, but really the ones that stand out to me are Justin Rose and Dustin Johnson. I agree. As guys. 100%. Uh, and that take nothing on, away from Justin Thomas or Bryson no. DeChambeau, uh, who both guys have had terrific runs um, and, and are really, really, really good players. But to me, uh, Dustin Johnson, especially with his length, I mean, and he just makes it look so flipping easy. Yeah, I mean, he just like you saw. I mean, he hit another tee ball on a par four <laughs> that he made a, a, a basically a tap in eagle again. It was not right. as close as the one in Hawaii at the Sony. However, it was still pretty. How good was that? It shot? was unbelievable. But he, it just looked effortless. Like. I mean, you you sit on TV and watch Dustin Johnson play golf, and you're like, "Well, shit, I'm going to go to the golf course and play because that looks so easy." But yet, when you go, it's not. I mean, and to me, that's a guy that is great. And if you think about Tiger back in his prime, he made the impossible not only look possible, he made it look easy. And Dustin Johnson makes hitting the ball a mile look easy. I'll tell you another stat I saw is that Dustin Johnson was 12th in driving distance this week. He is 59th going into this week in driving distance. Dustin Johnson's not overpowering every field. He's not hitting it further than everybody else. Is he hitting it a long ways? Yes. But his short game, the wedge game, is unmatched. They said yesterday on the range, he hit some drivers. He warmed up. He got going. But he spent 40 minutes yesterday with just wedges because he knows 
he's going to hit that driver in the middle of the fairway, and he's going to have some wedges in, and when he does, he wants to knock it to four feet. Well, and that's and, exactly why he's winning. And to your point, um, you look at how he played number six yesterday, really the turning point in that final group between him and Roy, a, a hole that just just killed Rory all week long. All week long, yeah. Uh, which is amazing because it's a par five. It's 600 yards, but for for either one of those but guys. But it's awkward. The, 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 well, look, the, it is the awkward. The left side of that green, where, if anything that lands there is going in the water. Look, where I'm going with this, though, is um, Dustin, you know, yesterday hits driver um, 265 to the hole, I believe, and decides to lay up. Right. And to your point about wedges, I mean, this is a guy, and we've heard him talk about it. We've heard Butch Harmon talk about it. I've talked to Butch about it. Um, I've talked to Claude Harmon, who occasionally works with Dustin uh, down in Jupiter. This is a guy who's really improved his wedge game oh. and, uh, the last few years. And Dustin that, Johnson's that's always made a hit huge a mile. difference. He gets and, to be number right. one in the world when he can knock it to four feet. And he's always been a terrific iron player. But this is a guy who really, I mean, this is, this is the great separator in the pro game is short game in, in those shots from 150 in, um, you know, to what, you know, 150, 125, those wedges, obviously stuff around the green and on the green. And how sick was his putting? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's improved his wedge game and his putting, um, fantastically. I mean, did you, the second hole, he's got what, 40 some feet for par. You think, okay, he's going to make bogey here. He rolls it in the heart of the jar. I mean, not even, I mean, the 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 way he his short game his wedge game and his putting game there was nobody that was going to beat him yesterday it was a really good day for TaylorMade to say the least so uh, one two finish for our friends at TaylorMade with the TP five X and the TP five the M five driver and the Spider Tour and the irons it was a really good day for TaylorMade and this is where they have a lot of good days on tour yeah, well, some right people now. ask me so some people <laughs> say is it TaylorMade or is it the players and so I think it's both. And I think that the players that are playing TaylorMade play so well because they're playing great equipment. And at the same time, TaylorMade makes sure that the guys that they have are some of the best in the world. They've got Tiger Woods. They've got Dustin Johnson. They've got Roy McIlroy. They've got Jason Day. They've got John Rahm. Um, the guys that they have are just the cream of the crop. And I know you're itching to get to Tiger, and we will in a second, but um, Rory McIlroy, um, look, a really good week for him. But again, you have to go back – um, to that early part of the round, makes a, a, a bogey on four. Um, six you know, was the undoing. I and mean, six was obviously six was a mess. Tried to get a. It's interesting because Dustin hit one next to a tree, got relief because the, he was standing on the car path in order to play the shot that he wanted to hit. Right, and that gave him the ability to hit a really fantastic, um, sort of low cutting, uh, shot that scooted up onto the green. And he ends up making birdie there, I believe. And Rory, uh, consequently, hits one where he tries to get relief up against the tree, but wasn't really, um, you know, I, I think Dustin had a much more uh, plausible case. Rory's was, was it seemed like he was, uh, not, not that he was trying to skirt any rules, but he was trying to look at what the best scenario for him was in that situation within the rules and um, did not get uh, relief, so ended up having to play the shot left-handed, flipped the club over, punched out, then ends up hitting his next shot into the water, and that's the end of that. Yeah, um, no, the sixth hole was his undoing all week. Right, so he really struggled there, and, you know, look, he's played in six, he, last year he played in six final groups, um, 
and didn't close the deal no. on Sunday. He's had opportunities this year, hasn't closed it. So you you wonder, and and he's well aware of it. Look, this is a guy who's very self aware, um, and one of the you know brighter guys on tour, uh, one of the better golf IQs on tour. You wonder how much that will continue to seep into even into his the back of his head um, if these situations come up. But he I, played I lo- well in the back nine yesterday. He's got to take right. some, something away. And, and Absolutely. The, and that's, the bogey and that's on 18 what he does. was nothing. Sure. The, 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 the tournament was, was done Didn't at that point. Right. And it was a two-footer, th- th- three-footer. Sure. Um, the six birdies on the back nine yesterday have to give him some confidence and knowing that, hey, I can still do this. And Dustin yep. Johnson, I mean, if Rory doesn't make those six birdies, Dustin Johnson wins by double digits. I mean, yeah. it, it, and he was rolling in some bombs on top of, of, of Dustin. Um, yeah, there was no – let's make that clear. There's no beating Dustin yesterday. I don't care what Rory did. Um, but he certainly didn't put any pressure on him. Right. Um, you know, with those two early but bogeys. But he could have. And he could have. But he could have, for sure. And so, look, Rory Rory will get it figured out at some point. I mean, I mean, we look, we have to remember this is still a young guy. Yeah, and he still um, finished second. I mean, still let's be honest. Second. I mean, he still made a ton of birdies. He makes a ton of birdies. He's got a terrific swing, a terrific game. His wedge play and putting continue to be the two areas that have haunted him, and uh, he's improved somewhat in those areas. But they're always um, they've always been streaky at best, and that's just the way it is. So yeah, I mean, last but, year Bay Hill he caught fire, right? And final then, round, right? And yeah. that's exactly what could have happened so, there. But speaking of guys who struggled a little bit, um, what do you make of Tiger's struggles on the greens? Because uh, he played. I mean, I, I know that there's been some controversy about his strategy. Brandel Chambly spoke out and said that he did not understand why Tiger was laying up and, and having uh, approaches of 200 yards. But now when you look back, now you look at the stats for the week, Tiger led in proximity to the hole on approaches. So obviously his strategy was not that bad. Um, he started the tournament with a double bogey after driving the ball out of bounds in the first hole. So that was that. that's two shots. Then you take a look, he four-putted from 15 feet. If that goes in, that's three shots. That's five. Then how many other putts did he miss inside of, you know, Five to seven feet. Tiger could have easily been there. Um, easily had been been where Rory was. Um, so I, I have a hard time criticizing his approach and his strategy because I think it, I think it worked for him. I think Tiger's undoing was on the greens. And and yesterday, I know that he declined media interviews, which I also wanted to ask you about because um, I don't think that happens a lot. He did it. Too, he did it both days. He did it on Saturday and Sunday. But speaking to Golf TV, which I think he is financially obligated. Uh, to speak to Golf TV after the round, uh, he said he couldn't wait to get off the Poana greens. He said sometimes he puts great, sometimes he doesn't put great, but that he was ready uh, to move on and get back to Florida and putt on some greens. It's comfortable, but something about the putting stroke is off, and it's been off um, this year quite a bit. We've talked about his putting and how it hasn't been there, and even Joey LaCava said after a round, uh, once he gets the flat stick going, he'll be great. I know that, that the new equipment from TaylorMade is working out great. He's he's hitting a lot more fairways. Um, his iron shots are great. Even his approaches on par fives, uh, three woods and five woods, are moving along. I mean, it, it's look, it's just when he gets on the green, the putter's not cooperating. And and last year we had these same problems last year, uh, where he looked at a couple other putters and then went back. I mean, what do you make of it? Is it the grass? What I make of it is that this is, and we touched on this in the last podcast. This is what Tiger Woods is now. Um, look, he he didn't play poorly; he finished tenth. Um, but for him to win, 
um, really everything's got everything's got to be in order: putting, driving, iron play, wedges, etc. But his putting used to be so, the most sure. most to be the most rock solid thing he had, right? But we've seen um, even going back to you know a few years ago, the putting really wasn't what it was. Um, now there are simply days he's going to have where he just doesn't putt well. Um, that's just, yeah, you know, to, that, to that's four, just the nature. Look, I, I hear you, but he four putted from 15 feet. Yeah. I never in my life thought I'd see Tiger Riviera, Woods four putt from 15. Right. Riviera had four three putts. Right, in, in one round. round. Yeah, which is ridiculous. It's unheard of, right? Yeah. Now, I, I just think this is what Tiger is. It's hard for him at this point to get everything firing on all cylinders. And the get, long and game looks everything. really good. And sure. The iron game looks great. And the short game even looks good again. I mean, it's but just. This is what we saw last year. Is it not? There are days last year where he didn't putt well. And when he didn't, he didn't win. Or there are days he putted well, but didn't drive it well. I just thought that would have gotten fixed in the offseason. Well, you would think that, you but know. That, that's, and that's kind of my point is that I think we're, we're still. Can somebody we're get Steve Stricker on the phone, please? Right. Steve Stricker. Can Steve Stricker help him? Because. If you remember, that was a year here, Doral. Yeah. Remember that year? Sure. He beat Graham McDowell. And and the two of them were, I mean, they were matching each other shot for shot. But he putted lights out. And that was the weekend. I think Stricker actually finished like second place that week. And Stricker said if he didn't give him the putting lesson, he might have won. Um But look, this is this is Tiger without his without his A game. And you know, before he used to be able to win without his A game. And I'm not so sure he he really can or will. Uh, yeah. anymore because there's just a ton. Of t- I mean, look at what Dustin Johnson did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, do who you, the hell was beating him yesterday? Nobody, but do right? do I you mean, buy the grass? I mean, do do you buy? Sure. The po- look, Tiger has never putted well in Poana. Okay, it's bumpy. It's I mean, it 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 can be very um, inconsistent. It's one of the reasons, um, you know, he wouldn't play places like Pebble a lot of the times. That in six hour rounds, but um, he's never been a huge fan of Poe. Of course. He's also won plenty of golf tournaments right. putting on POA. So this is a guy whose talent sort of supersedes all. But, again, I think we're expecting everything to click, and this is just what it is. Some weeks he's going to putt well. Take, you know, Poana, for example. Some weeks he might putt well on the Poana, but he might not drive it well that week. Right. Or his or his uh, iron play might be off. This is just what we've a continuation, I feel like, of what we've seen. But Tita Green seems to be – um, I don't want to say figured out, sure, but Tita Green seems to be pretty consistent well, right now. His his misses does, with the drivers not all over the place. I know we did drive the ball out of bounds off the first tee. I get it. Everybody right, you know, and, and the driver is still the club that he he still fights a bit. And in this past week, did not have to hit a lot of drivers. No, he hit irons, and that's the right. thing is that you know Brandel and listen, Brandel's a friend of the podcast. I I, I personally I don't agree with everything Brandel says, but I, I I will say that usually when Brandel gives an opinion, it's pretty calculated, it's well thought out, and it's intelligent. Um, I don't always agree with it. And now looking at the stats, Tiger led the field in approach to the green. So I mean, obviously his strategy was one that would have worked if he could just putt. He didn't drive that ball out of bounds on on uh, on Thursday on the very first hole. The four putt from 15 feet really derailed a, a, a great round he had going on Saturday. So um, I'm hoping that the Florida swing now, uh, we're going to get the first week of the Florida swing this week in the Honda Classic. And we're going to see Tiger... Uh, two weeks in a row, we'll get him at Bay, Hill. at Bay Hill, which a place he's won a lot. He's very comfortable at Eight last, times. last yep. year was playing very well until he hit the uh, tee shot out of bounds. 
um, and Rory's the defending champion. Then we're going to get him at the players, and then we won't see him at Valspar, where we did see him last year. He played three events in the Florida Swing last year, but remember the players was in May last year. Um, so hopefully he'll putt better. I think he knows the greens um, at Bay Hill like nowhere else. I think we'll get a, a good round out of Tiger there. So we'll see if the putting is cleaned up there, and if it really is the Poe, we'll get an answer. But speaking of the Honda Classic, a couple years ago, the Honda Classic had a ridiculous field. I mean, they had Rory. They had Tiger. They had everybody. And now this year, and, and I know it has a lot to do with scheduling and where it falls, and we had a WGC just th- this week, and then you got Arnie's tournament, and then you've got the players, which everybody's going to try to play. I mean, the Honda Classic really took a hit with their field, right? It did. As you mentioned, this is a tournament just a couple of years ago. had one of the best sort of non majors, non-WGC, big tournament fields of the year um, and had been building toward that in recent years. Um, a lot of that has to do with Jack Nicholas's involvement with the event, you know, where it falls in the schedule, kicking off uh, the Florida swing and so forth and w- in the way the schedule broke down. And to your point, I think this is exactly a product of the schedule because now, um, well, let's look at it. First of all, you've got only 13, I believe, of the top 50 players in the world are in the field. Of course, you have Justin Thomas, and you've got uh, defending champion Justin Thomas, and then you've got Ricky Fowler, and, and, and you've got some other names. But I think this tournament absolutely, we've talked we talked about this prior to the season when the new schedule came out, that, hey, what's this going to mean for the Honda Classic? Because if you look at the schedule, it went from the West Coast swing, wrapping up with Riviera, great field. Right. WGC to Mexico, event. a WGC event, so you're going to get a lot of guys going there. Previously, right. you would have gone to rip from Riviera to Honda, back to the WGC. So there was a little bit of, you know, there's a little in the players, as you mentioned, was in in May. So the schedule broke down differently. But now right. you're not going to get Tiger, for example, even though he lives in Jupiter. No, lives and he, and 20 he minutes he from the golf course. He yeah. said he wanted to play it, but he sure. just said it did. He there was no way he was going to play Riviera. Then he was going to play WGC in Mexico. Five in a row. Yeah, then he would have to play this week. Then he was he know he's going to play Arnie's event and he's going to play the players. So right. and he then was not got, going to play five in a row. And on top of that, then after the players, you've got uh the another uh, another well, after after the two weeks after the players rather, you've got another WGC. The match play, which you match which right. which you're going to at least play three rounds. Yep. Because of the round robin. And format. again, you're talking world rank free world ranking points, free money, all of that. So, you know, some guys will skip match play. But not a lot. No, um, no. And I tell you, who else is really going to get hammered uh, is Valspar. Honda and Valspar yep. really took it well uh, on the chin uh, after last year. Remember, last year <laughs> Valspar had Tiger, who almost won. Yep. Uh, they had Rory, and they had Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. Uh, I'm not sure if Rory and Jordan Spieth are playing that this year, but I would guess if they play Arnold Palmer and the players, they're probably going to play the match play, which therefore they would right. most likely skip Valspar. So. Honda and Valspar, it's unfortunate for those two sponsors because those are fields last year that were very strong and this year are lacking. And it's particularly uh, difficult for Honda because this is a, a company in a tournament. I mean, this is the longest-running continuous sponsor on the PGA Tour, Honda, 50-plus years. Wow. So, you know, this this is not some new kid on the block. I mean, no disrespect to Valspar. Look, last year's field was a bit of an aberration. Tiger was an ad. Uh Rory and Jordan Spieth, it was part of that one-and-four scheduling deal where you've got to add a new a new tournament to your schedule every four years. 
or, or a new tournament rather that you have not played in the past four years. So they were, you know, recipients of that. But yeah, this is a this is a blow because this is a tournament that routinely drew one of the strongest fields. You've got a boatload of top players in your backyard. Yeah. A lot of them are skipping. No. Tiger, Dustin Johnson. I mean, you can go down the list. Now, Dustin doesn't normally play this event, right? No. He didn't play it last year either. No, there, there's plenty of years he has not played that event. Will he play um, uh, Arnold Palmer? I don't think he played there last year. So he didn't. Basically what happened Well, good. Here, that gives other people a chance to win. Right. right now, when Dustin <laughs> right, tees it, makes it up, it easier for everybody else. He, he's really kind of running but, away with it. You know, basically, uh, to sum up what you've got in this scheduling uh, kind of mess, uh, this is a, a byproduct. I mean, look, this is, this is the problem with when you want to have a tournament every week of the year, effectively. Right. There's only, you know, guys aren't going to play every week. They can't. No. And some fields are going to take hits. And this is a tournament now that is taking a hit because of the rejiggering in the schedule. And, you know, at, at the end of the season last year and in previous years, everything was jammed into the end of the season. You had yeah. a lot of big tournaments in a short amount of time between. So you have the Open Championship, you got a WGC, you got the PGA Championship. And then you got the playoffs, playoffs, yeah, right, and then you have a Ryder Cup at the back end of that, or or a Presidents Cup. So you had a lot of stuff jammed in at the end of the season. And then Olympics were trying to be, they're trying to fit those in sure. for the years of the Every Olympics. Four years, right? Yeah. So now that busy end of year part of the schedule has now moved to this part of the schedule because right, you've got um, the players now uh, in March, and you've got the PGA in May, and, and then you've got two, two WGC WGCs events before the Masters, and then you've got a couple of big time events, tournaments like. Uh, uh, the Genesis at Riviera, always a strong field. You know, Bay Hill, you're always going to get a pretty good field. Um, yeah, the season so, used to kind of slowly take off. And then, and of course, then, you got the you, Masters you in there. And you look for so, the Masters was right. like the first go. Now we're coming out of the box. So it's really, really crowded, and something's got to give. Do we stick with this schedule, do you think, or do we change it again? Because it would be terrible to see Honda or Valspar pull out yeah. of a sponsorship deal because they feel like they're not going to get an equal field. And, I mean – I would like to say, well, next year it'll be different because of X, Y, Z. But I don't think next year is going to be any different because if you have this same schedule next year, you know Tiger's event next year is going to be a more prestigious event. There's more money. There's more world ranking points. So guys are going to play that. Yep. They're going to play the WGC because, like you said, it's world ranking points and it's money. And then you're going to run into this same schedule again. So is this something you have to revisit and maybe take a look and, and, and maybe move some stuff around? I don't envision them changing it next year, but I could see a time where it does change. Um, but where, what would you do? I mean, maybe you move the the match play to a different spot in the schedule. I and could move see the, that. Move the first WGC somewhere else. I mean, do, do you do you split them apart a little further? Right. And it, and it almost and, and it that, wouldn't have made that's any. That's what I would see. You, you'd have those two events farther. I I don't think that the Mexico event, the one we just had, I don't think that's going anywhere in the schedule because it makes a nice transition from right. the West Coast, Coming stopping here. in Mexico, and then on to Florida. Yeah, I get that. But sure. Now the match play, I could see that. Being maybe, pushed somewhere maybe, else. Maybe being pushed to another spot in the schedule at some point. But again, it's not that simple because as soon as you move one tournament, you're literally affecting every other tournament right, on the schedule. Right, because there's a tournament every year, every, every, every week. week. And, this yeah. is, and this is what you run into when you've got a really jam-packed calendar. And look, I get it, the tour, they're not going to say no to somebody who wants to write a check right. to host Nor the tournament. They. So. Uh, it's a business. That's what, no matter what anybody says, that's and it what it wouldn't comes matter. Down to. It right. wouldn't matter if it was here. Like if the WGC sure. was still here at, at, at Doral, uh, it still wouldn't have mattered. You sure. still wouldn't get guys playing Doral, Bay Hill, the players, and then go play Valspar and then go play a w, an, sure. another WGC. Got, got, you You're know, not stars need it. a week off at some point, especially the first major of the year is looming. The players is now, 
um, really been elevated as a tournament. Um, look, it's always been a big tournament, but now I feel like the last five, six years, it's it's moved up a notch. Not Certainly not to major status, but it, it has moved up in guys' eyes and certainly prize money, uh, presentation, all of that uh, has elevated the event. So those are two big events, and then you throw in – so you got your first major of the year, you've got the Players' Championship, and you've got two WGC events, which is free money and free world ranking points. Right. Um, there's seven tournaments that's a lot of stuff back to back to back that are that are, are good sized tournaments. I mean, really, you'd have to say the smallest one, and I'm not I'm not putting them down. I'm just sure. saying the smallest one would probably be Valspar. Genesis is a big tournament. The WGC is obviously a big tournament by name. Then you've got Honda. Then you've got um, Bay Hill. Bay Hill. Then you've got the players. Yep. Then you got Valspar, and then you yep. got another WGC match play. So seven together, slammed together there. Well, let me ask you this because we're in South Florida. You're a regular at the Honda. Yeah. You going up this week? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And I, I keep seeing the commercials on TV and I almost kick myself I'm not going. But Would you go up if the field was better? Describe a better field to me. Because you know there's one name that would right. make me well, go no matter what. Take Tiger out of the equation. Okay. Let's just say, though, Dustin? You, you had Justin? Justin. Let's say you had Let's say you had Justin Rose, Dustin Johnson. Rory? Uh, Rory, throw those three guys in there. And then Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler? Sure. I'd find a way to get there. I'd find a way to go at least once. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So I think that, I think that the, so there's a good example. I mean, you're, you're as big a golf fan as, as I know. It's, you know, it's an hour's drive. If that from where you live. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're not, you're not going to no, rush up there because it's, yeah. Well, I watch it on TV. Absolutely. Sure. I'll be tuned in because it's a golf course I played. It's something yep. I enjoy. And so that's another reason I enjoy going. I enjoy going to watch those guys play a golf course sure. I played because I know how hard it is and then watch them overpower it. And it's, it, and it really gives you a sense for how good they really truly are if you need that. Exactly. But, um, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's a tournament that I do like. Uh, I appreciate the tournament. I enjoy the golf course. I like going up there. Um, I just think they're a, a product of a jam-packed schedule, and unfortunately, they fell in the spot where uh, players are gonna are going to take a week off. The uh, and it's tough because again, this is a you know, I mean, these tournaments don't happen without sponsors, and here's Honda, the longest-running continuous sponsor on tour, and right. and they're going to take a beating this year. They're probably going to take one next year, um, unless something changes, which I'm not sure it will. But, I just don't know what else you would do other than, like we said, maybe yeah. move that second WGC. But when it, it's like it's it's, it's like dominoes. a house of cards. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like trying to replace the bottom bottom sure. card on a house of cards. You, there's a lot of other things that have to change. And so I love I, I that totally series, understand. by the way. Great series. I'm yeah, house of cards. Yeah, I'm good. still I'm still behind a season. Or two. <laughs> love that series. So we've got some good guests coming up on the pod. We do. Uh, we've got Adam Scott lined up. He'll be coming up very soon. Yeah. Paul Casey, Charles Howell. Would love to talk to Paul yeah. Casey. He's defending at the Tampa. Valspar in a yep. couple weeks. Um, so hopefully, we we should have the most hated man up. in America that week. He had twenty one putts on uh, Sunday. <laughs> Maybe if, by you. If he doesn't have those twenty one <laughs> putts on Sunday, T Tiger Woods would have won. But you know what? Tiger even said himself later on it was too. It was too it was soon. Too soon. How about you know what? What? Come on, too soon. You're telling me Tiger would not have taken Listen, a win there? I'm not saying Give he would have, but I think it was, it was too much. Too, too soon. soon. Come it was too on, too much, soon, please. It was too much. Too soon. It was. It was too soon. Uh, for for him to to lay up on eighteen, uh, that was that was my issue there last year, laying up on eighteen, yeah. uh, with an iron off rather not and laying up rather hitting short. an iron off the tee rather than a hitting driver and I get it, yeah, leaving himself a long way in and not being able to hit it close. So that was, but you're right, uh, Paul Casey will be defending there. 
Uh, he's a terrific, uh, one of the be- better interviews in golf. So you guys can look forward to that. And Adam Scott, um, he's had some interesting things to say of late as well. Another terrific interview. So Yeah, I'd like to give Sergio a little credit. I saw him in some bunkers over the weekend, and he was uh, very polite. He hit his shot, and he walked out of the bunker. And I tell you what, I mean, I've he acted too. like a normal human being. He acted being. like a normal human being, right. um, which I really shouldn't I'm be a, committing him for, but a, I'm going to. A 39-year-old who's been playing this game for 20-plus years. And, but yeah. I tell you what I love. Have you noticed the social media lately? Oh, yeah. They're, they're yeah. showing pictures of him with like little children signing autographs. It's like, come on, man, really? Right. Come on. We're trying a little too hard now. Yeah. Come on. Well, you've got some, you got, you had some damage repair to do that. Yeah, for sure. But thanks for listening to the podcast. So we have another tournament in the books this week, uh, Honda Classic. Even though it is a, you know, a little bit of a downfield, still, still going to be a great tournament to watch. The wind's always blowing uh, there in Palm Beach Gardens. So that will be fun to watch. We've got some good guests coming up. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Once again, hit us anytime on Twitter at Playthrough Golf or at Froggy Radio and at Brian Wacker One. I think you've had enough. Playing through. Noah? Now you've had enough. With Froggy and Wacker. Bitch. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.